0: Welcome to Long Covid Physio Podcasts, the podcast for physiotherapists, support workers and other allied health professionals to share their stories of living with Long Covid. Hello and welcome to Long Covid Physio Podcasts. My name is Darren Brown, I'm a physiotherapist and I am living with Long Covid and today we have our guest Grace. Grace, will you please introduce yourself?
1: Yes, um, so my name's Grace Ferguson and I am a physio. Uh, I work mainly with the, within like a community team. So I go out to a lot of homes for people who can't get out to to go to, to attend physio. And I do a lot of, like, I'll take a bit of everything really. So like take equipment out to, to people, um, put care packages in place and things like that. So um, jack of all trades. Uh, but mainly a physio <laughs> mainly a physio uh, and I yes and I'm also currently living with COVID.
0: oh well thank you so much for joining us today it's lovely to have you and it's lovely to have some Scottish representation <laughs> whereabouts in Scotland are you
1: uh living Glasgow
0: lovely lovely well yes so I know that you and I don't haven't ever met in person however we have had the privilege of getting to know each other through our long COVID physio support group haven't we so I'm very grateful for you today uh, for coming to join us and I'm going to apologize in advance for my increasingly um heightened quiff uh, that seems to be getting higher and higher every podcast I do because I can't get a haircut and my, and my, and my beard uh, my roots
1: I mean, are horrendous like there's yes. meant to be blown there somewhere but there's not
0: so. I may look at us like we're, we're just turning into KP People, aren't we? I mean Yeah, that's so true. Lockdowns do not suit our aesthetics.
1: (laughs) It's fine because you're not seeing anyone, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Well, exactly, except we're putting ourselves on podcasts, aren't we? Look at us all over (laughs) YouTube. (laughs) So Grace, you mentioned you are living with long COVID as a physio. And so I wonder if you would do us the honor of sharing your story of living with long COVID.
1: Yes. Um, so I, so I was diagnosed with COVID back in October. Uh, the way my kind of journey started was I went for my yearly flu jag and 12 hours later floored with a, um, a fever, basically woke up in the middle of the night with a fever and thought, oh great, okay, well, I don't usually have a reaction to the flu jag, but I know quite a lot of people that have this year. And um, so I was just like, oh, do you know, it's just my turn, <laughs> my turn to have the reaction. So I thought, right, okay, man up. It was a Thursday that I got it. So it was like the Friday morning, and obviously I still had work. And um, so pushed through, got up the next morning, nearly passed out, which was really odd. Just felt everything kind of like drain from me and was like, oh, I'm either going to pass out or I'm going to throw up one of the two. Um, push through (laughs) you're like i can crawl to my laptop and and place myself in front of it with a cup of tea and i'll be fine Um, so sat there looking like utter shit basically Mm -hmm. um pale clammy feeling nauseous a to pass out but sat there on my team meeting (laughs) and was like yeah not feeling too great but don't worry I'm just gonna I'm just gonna phone my patients and I'll cancel them myself don't get admin to do anything it's a Friday shit always hits the fan on a Friday I'll do what I can to help out um but I'm not leaving my house today basically and they were like yeah no of course like whatever like as long as you feel okay and I was like yeah it's just this flu jag um I'll be fine tomorrow basically uh and I like I say I know other people that had had that reaction so it was like oh wait the 48 hours I'll be fine but 72 hours later I still felt rubbish and I think it was the the Monday I woke up and was like oh my god like now I've got now I've got another fever another temperature that's new because it kind of settled I had this pathetic cough and I mean like a I think it was even as strong as that it was just pathetic basically um and had like productive and phlegm. Uh, so didn't have anything, um, anything else, kind of symptom-wise. Like, still had my sense of taste and smell. I just felt really nauseous all the time, so wasn't really eating. Uh, and I thought, oh, right, I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to book this test. I uh, went for that on day five of my symptoms. That's a COVID so, test, right? Yeah, sorry, COVID test. Yeah, and I was so shocked when it came back positive. Ooh. I thought what like this is mental um just didn't expect it at all so that was a total shock for me and I thought you're kidding um luckily I hadn't been in like track and trace the only people they had to contact was my partner and to say you must self-isolate for 14 days because I was like I followed all of the rules and I've not been in contact with anybody and I've not done anything because you can't do anything yeah um yeah so anyway uh I yeah so that that kind of like entire week was basically spent lying in bed or on the couch kind of like crawl from the bed to the couch sleep yeah I was hot I had headaches I had back pain I had neck pain I still felt nauseous I had a cracking headache uh, and that just kind of lingered and you felt like you were sleeping just like all the time And even if you were on the phone, I was like falling asleep or if I was like trying to eat something, you'd actually like, I totally understand like the whole choking hazard now with food when you're, (laughs) when you're so tired and you're trying to eat something and you're just like, yeah, okay, it's unreal. So anyway, so basically it got to a point where it was like, I started to feel, so I'm referring to my notes, the way I made notes. Um, because it's so for me to remember this stuff because I'm like it feels like a distant memory, almost kind of like a dream. Did it happen? Who knows? Uh, it, 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 sounds, it sounds like a whirlwind. <laughs> oh, it was. So basically, I got to a point where I was sleeping for like twelve hours a night, sleeping brilliantly, <laughs> but then I was getting up and I was trying to do. I was trying. I was like, right, okay, so we need to get back on track here. Um, we need to try and do little things like I'll, I'll put the washing on or I'll try and wash the dishes or like, try and do little things around about the house it doesn't usually affect me in any way whatsoever uh, and what I found was I was like get up in the morning have a shower wash my hair back to bed for two hours I was like what is this yeah um, or like okay, I'm going to not have a shower this morning, but I'm going to try and like wash the dishes and put the washing machine on and boom, back in bed. And you're like, oh, this is so frustrating. So I find that really difficult in terms of you're trying to do a little bit and then you're getting not so far back. It's not as though it's like a step forward, one step back. It was like one step forward, 10 steps back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you were just, I was like, right, surely this is something that's going to get better every single day. I would try and do something every single day and it just it just gets to a point where you're like, boom, floored for three days. Or I just couldn't understand. I was like, this is not like, everyone's going be kind to yourself. And I was like, no, I need to get back off my arse and I need to get stronger and I need to get better. But as like my boss had pointed out to me, she was like, Grace, you're you're trying to make antibodies like against the flu vaccine. You're trying to make antibodies against covid you have lost a shit ton of weight because obviously i didn't really eat for the first like 10 days or so mm-hmm. well I, I did but it was having to be put in front of me and i was only eating what i could like it was really difficult because when you feel sick you don't want to eat anything no. i lost a lot of weight as well so i was like i have no reserve whatsoever
0: mm.
1: and it wasn't till it wasn't till even when I was like allowed to go out after the 10 days I was like I don't I don't want to like I don't feel able to uh, so I waited until like my partner had finished his 14 day isolation and was like right okay let's go out for a walk oh my god I couldn't believe how deconditioned I was just going for like a 10 minute walk around the block Ooh. and I was puffing and panting and I was like this is unreal I was running like 10k every Saturday morning Literally like the week before this all happened, like this is, it's so debilitating and so dramatic, such a big change. So I got to a stage where I was like trying to build up the walks with, and I was having like my partner with me. So I had somebody there to like literally hold my hand and help me pace because I'm that person. I don't, I don't like walking isn't really a thing for me. Walking is more of like a slow jog. So like fast walker. And I was like, right, I'm having to really tailor this back. And I've got him to kind of help pace me. But if I went out without him, I couldn't couldn't find my pace. I would, like, get off to a really quick start and then have to stop because I was breathless. And I could feel my heart starting to race. And I was like, right, okay, we really need to rein this in. It's just, it was unreal. And I remember the first time, I live in an attic flat, so there's like sixty stairs or something.
0: Oh, blind
1: Yeah, like you get to the top of the building and then you open our front door and there's like another twenty stairs.
0: So I'm guessing there's no either. No, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, classic physio would be there, but like
1: lift access? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like no, no, there's no, no uh, stairs unfortunately. So yeah, it was just. The first time, I remember the first time like I went down the stairs, oh my God, my legs would be like trembling and I was like, God, my quad control is like totally gone. But when I, I, I'll never forget, I was like, I'm just going to take the bin out. Oh my God. So I took the bin bag down the stairs, I was like, this weighs a ton, it's just so weak. Got to the bottom of the stairs, took the bin bag over to the bin. And I, well, sorry, before that, I got to the front door and was like, whoa, I was totally overwhelmed by, like, so many stimulus. I was like, there's cars going, there's birds singing, there's people walking around. And I just hadn't been out for, like, over two weeks and just thought, whoa, this is quite scary, quite intimidating. But I thought, right, okay, I just need to get get across the road to the bin. Like, that's it. And I did that it in and then as I turned around to come back it was like somebody else walking up like a, a guy walking up the street and he was like excuse me love have you, have you got any money like my 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 electricity bills ran out so I need to get more money to put on the key and I was like <laughs> I have COVID <laughs> and like ran back in there <laughs> I what to do and I was just like no I'm really sorry I can't help it since I have COVID I think I was just like oh my god and um, this is like the first Person interaction that I've had, and that the man asked me for money, and I was like, I have nothing on me. Yeah, I take my house keys. Um, I was like, I don't, I, don't. I was so scared, and I came back in was like, Oh my god, Graham, you'll never guess what happened. And he was like, This stuff could only happen to you, you were taking the minute. Like, what? Well, so, I was kind of from there, I was like, Wow, like this is quite a, this is really intimidating and really scary and I need to not let this take control of me yes. so I decided that like we kept doing our walks and um like with my partner and I was like right, okay like I need to do some sort of like graded exposure because I can't become that person that's like fear avoidant of, and won't go places because I can't deal with it so started doing a bit of graded exposure like going to the food like, going to do the food shop with with my partner so he was driving I was walking in the shop with him if I was too tired I would go back to the car uh, nine times out of ten I would sleep in the car no way home anyway and it's not a long drive and it's not a big event but I was just like boom knackered or I would get in and fall asleep again so eventually worked up to a point where I was like right okay I'm gonna I think we're before, before I go off, Okay, think go so after a few weeks it was it was the brain fog that hit out of nowhere, and I was like, "What is this brain fog?" Like, genuinely struggled to get words out, struggled to concentrate. I remember some people were like, "Oh, order books so that you can sit and read," and I was like, "Sit and read? Like, my concentration lasts. I'm like a goldfish. Like, there's no way I can concentrate. I was like sitting trying to read, getting halfway through a page, and then going." no idea what what happened and I'm actually going to have to read that Do you know what it's not even worth the energy because I'm actually getting tired and the, the words are jumping all over the page and I thought oh, God, this is so difficult um as I say like not being able to kind of concentrate noise any sort of if the television was on in the background and my partner started having a conversation with me I said can can you meet the belly? because I can't I can't focus on more than one thing at a time. Or if I was trying to reply to a text message, I would have to mute the TV because I couldn't I couldn't have more than one thing going on at one time. And then I started to forget things. And I was like, this is so weird. So, like, I would be on the phone to my mom and I would say, yeah, yeah that's fine. I'll I'll sort that out for you. Um, I'll change your pharmacy or whatever it was that I was doing. Um, And then she would phone me a couple of days later and be like, oh, did you did you do that? Did you did you change the pharmacy from like Lloyd's to Boots or whatever? And I said, oh, my God, no, no, I totally forgot. I didn't write it down. If I didn't write it down, it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm getting dementia. Like, what is this? How the hell am I going to cope with going back to work? But don't get me wrong, every week, I think for the first six weeks, I was like, I'll be back at work. Next week, yes, yes, that's fine. Don't you worry. I'm feeling a lot better today. Crash. Oh, so my boss is very, very good and said, "Grace, there's no danger that you're coming back to work." Like, look at you, because I was having like video chats with her as well as phone calls, and she could tell, she could hear it. And there was at least one day I was like, "Right, can we do an experiment? Can we go online at like half eight in the morning, and I'll chat through my caseload because, like, obviously I work in the community, so I have." A bunch of people already on my books, um, and she was like, "Okay, let's try that." And she like timed when I started yawning and when I totally would like go off and start staring in space, or I would start. She would ask me a question, and I would be like, "I have no idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't answer that because I couldn't process information." Mm. I, I was like, "How the hell am I going to make like clinical decisions?" Because for some people. I'm the only person that's going into that house. There might not, they might not need OT, they might not need nursing input. And a lot of that responsibility falls on me. So I was like, oh my god, like I'm not gonna be able to do my job. Like what, what am I gonna do? Um and like even my GP at one point was like, Oh, cannot can I go back and do like light duties? And I was like, light duties in the community, that doesn't exist. Like we've 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 got an admin team to do all the admin stuff. And once I've kind of like written my discharges. I'm onto phoning people. And right now I can't I can't hold a conversation with anyone. So let alone try and like problem solve and and listen and be like, okay, so taking bits of information going, right, so what we need to do is we need to do this, that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, there's no way that I can function at that sort of level. So yeah, I was in, like I say, tried to get back to work several times and my boss constantly went, no 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 so anyway so from a like a symptoms point of view I ended up things started to things started to settle um aside from the brain the brain fog that was horrendous and I actually ended up putting a post out on Facebook just to be like look um had COVID now for like the last five weeks or something I can't remember when I posted it and like this is how I was at the start and this is how I am now and Please just understand if you message me, I might not reply straight away um, or my response might be quite short because it takes a lot for me to reply to a long text message. Um, I was like, it's easier for me to text than it is for me to speak on the phone because at that point I was struggling to actually put sentences together and not get upset and frustrated at myself. Mm-hmm. and a friend who is a speech and language therapist actually reached out to me and said your word finding difficulties um and kind of like word association stuff sounds like it's definitely in relation to your uh, your fatigue um as opposed to like you're getting dementia kind of thing and I was like oh, that's <laughs> really reassuring that's very <laughs>
0: reassuring isn't it when someone says that
1: <laughs> <laughs> losing my mind What? Are- Oh, uh, just realized my battery is low on my laptop I like, oh yeah go on you plug yourself oh in God.
0: so so grace like it sounds like you might be around about are you four months now after um acute-
1: um yeah so it's
0: like um, three and a half months yeah so actually like with the, the current working definition of long covid it's it's symptoms up to and after 12 weeks following acute COVID isn't it and so you're you're right in that point now aren't you you're coming into the, the definition of four weeks to 12 weeks of long COVID or of, of COVID symptoms um how would you yeah, these- well, I
1: mean I, I was gonna say I genuinely thought like when I got to like week 10 11 I was like oh things are starting to get better this is brilliant okay. um, and then no boom crash I ended up doing way too much because at that kind of like 10, 11 week stage was just probably in the run up to Christmas. Yeah. So then I obviously tried to pace, yada, 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 and then ended up totally post-exertion malaise, crash, and I'm only now starting to recover from Christmas. Really? Yeah, literally just Monday there, I was like, woke up, thought, oh, I actually feel quite awake. Oh, this is really good. (laughs) Obviously tried to do too much and ended up taking two naps on Monday afternoon but aside from that I've been like awake in the morning which is lovely and this is the third day okay the morning and then tried to rest in the afternoon because I know that if I try, I I just yeah, I don't want to go backwards. It's so bloody difficult.
0: Yeah, and I and, and I want to say thank you for sharing that because I think that you you mentioned at the beginning that in our our long COVID physio group there's 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 a, a large proportion of people that contracted COVID nineteen earlier on last year, sort of like March April time, and are still living with the long term consequences. And and I think you sharing your story now of someone who's contracted COVID during this this second wave and is now are also developing problems with long COVID, it's important that we remember, because a lot of us can forget, what happens during those acute times and actually what we we maybe did wrong in terms of trying to rush our recovery um, and the implications that can have on our long-term symptoms because pacing is not easy. Also not recognizing or accepting our symptoms as they are is not easy. So I really wanna thank you for for personally, for me, for highlighting the implications of the acute episode and how we manage that into lo- what what happens for the long-term consequences as well. Uh, because what you described there just felt so familiar. The brain fog, the overwhelming fatigue, the neuro-linguistic processing challenges. My God, that was, oh, I went through all of that and not an easy journey.
1: Oh God, no. To be honest, see that point where i i started to get recall back i remember i was going out for a walk with a friend and i got down to the bottom of my first set of stairs thank god um, i think if i was all the way at the front door i would have just been like sack it i'm leaving it because it was it was it was her christmas card <laughs> and i got to the bottom of like my stairs and was like oh i forgot her christmas card and i ran back up and was like oh, graham i actually remembered something that i forgot. <laughs> And he was like okay like you forgot the Christmas, remember, you remember you forgot the Christmas card, Big and I was like, no, this is recall. this is huge. I was so happy. And I got downstairs and was like, I forgot your Christmas card. She was like, it's in your hand. I was like, but I remembered that I forgot your Christmas card. <laughs> and she was like, okay. I was like, no, this, this is like a huge deal for me. But I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Um, I know it sounds
0: so sad, but I was just like, <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> not so at all. Point, demented. Not at, all, not at all, because I know I've, I've shared this in other podcasts, but I think my lowest point of brain fog was when my mum and dad tried to take me to a restaurant to get me out of the house for the first time during my crash in September. So we weren't in lockdown at that point. And by the time I got to the restaurant, my brain fog had become so intense. You mentioned um multi sensory stimuli impacting you i couldn't read the menu in the restaurant and i just started bawling my eyes out and crying and my mum and dad were so confused like what do you mean you can't read i'm like i can't see it i can't read it and that brain fog is real so what you describe there as that victory oh the victories are real because you feel you feel like you're you're able to spot the signs of improvement and yeah. they may be small to us or to other people even but they're huge to us because that fear of what is going on t- with me is so real.
1: Definitely. Well, I mean, I, the, the first time I drove, oh my God, that was like an out-of-body experience is how I describe that, because I'm like, I have no idea how I got from A to B. Uh, I've, like, the fact that I had to try and, I, obviously I, I live in Glasgow, it's a city, it's busy. <laughs> I'm just like, wow there's traffic lights, there's cars, there's people, there's squirrels, um, like there's, you're just like, this is unbelievable, I feel like I was literally just like watching myself driving and being like, good luck, hope <laughs> oh you get home, Yeah. Thought, wow, like, and I came in and Graham was like, you're not driving again, <laughs> okay, okay, no, I think that's fair, yeah.
0: that sounds I, nice and safe, yes,
1: <laughs> actually, totally wiped out afterwards you're just like and boom crash sleep for two hours I remember the first time that I tried to do a food shop on my own oh wow I had to drive there walk around Lidl and then drive home I slept for two hours afterwards I was like okay that was maybe a wee bit too much Uh but even just like being in the shop so one thing that my partner was like okay if you're going to go to the shop on your own let's make a list so that you've got something to refer to and it'll, it'll it'll just help you in terms of getting around the shop. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. So did that, got so far around. And then I remember just like switching off, mm-hmm. and, like, staring into space and was like, oh God, oh God, I'm on my own. Right, okay, so you need to focus, bring yourself back, come on. Uh, what have you got? You've got two things left on the list. Like, do you really need them or can you just get out of here now? And then obviously there's like cues to the check it, but I was just like, right, I need to get through this. I need to get through. It's like, I need to get home. I just need to get home. Uh, and it's that vulnerability yeah. of being like, I'm, I'm in here. I'm on my own. I'm starting to fade. I need to just get out and get home as quickly as possible before I can't. Um, so that's I like that. That's happened to me a couple of times now, because obviously. Mm-hmm. You think, right, okay, that was way too much. I totally overdid it. But then at the same time, you you then want to do that whole trial and error again, maybe like two or three weeks down the line. And you're like, nope, nope, still too much. Never mind. Again, that kind of graded exposure, but you're like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you know what? You you said something there that has really, really stuck with me, which is I'm starting to fade. Like I haven't been able to verbalise what happens when the brain fog gets too much. But that's it. That that I'm gonna nick that, thank you. Like <laughs> because that's it.
1: Welcome have it.
0: You do just start to fade. It's almost like you've reached saturation point and it's
1: like, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Switch. It's just it's like a switch. It just goes. Like mm-hmm. I remember we went out to get like our, we went out to buy our Christmas tree and I ended up I was so excited obviously about getting the Christmas tree on the first of December because I'm not usually late at that early. So when we went out, picked it, and then I remember just like getting in the car, in fact, yeah, getting in the car, and I slept the whole way home. And I was like, well, that was like, we didn't even do anything. We, we drove to where the Christmas trees were, picked one, and then that was it. And I was like, boom. And I just said to Graham, I was like, I just, it's hit me. And he knows now, like, see if we go, if we go anywhere, And I say it's that's just hit me he's like right okay let's just get home um because even if I walk too far remember we did that one day we'd walked too far and I was like oh my god it's just hit like I just need to I just need to lie down and we just change our route and go most direct
0: I like that language that you you sound like you've developed with your partner of Concise communication of I can't carry on, it's hit me. And actually having that relationship where you've got that level of communication that can be very easy to verbalize, like it's hit me, the message is loud <laughs> and clear. Like, wow, that's important. Like, cause I know that um I don't think I had words like that. I just cried. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I've been there as well, where I'm just like burst into t- like yeah I went through a phase at one point I think probably within the first six seven weeks it was it was probably the end end kind of section of that where I was like okay but you know put it into context I remember after like the first couple of weeks I felt like I had to justify why I was off work mm-hmm. so I feel like I almost had to I, I would like text my boss like twice weekly updates to tell her exactly what I was doing and I was like oh I'm gonna try some cognitive work today and try and read something i look, gonna listen to a podcast and then I started writing it down and um, I started to do like a an activity diary and take photos and I was like oh my god like I've done on, on reflection I've done way too much but I just felt like I had to be like look I'm not just lying in my bed I'm actually physically trying to do stuff mm. and then I wasn't getting anywhere and I was obviously just still getting knocked back getting knocked back getting knocked back I think I got to a point where I just got I just felt kind of abandoned like I remember phoning my GP every kind of fortnight and at that six week point I remember phoning my GP and he was just like I was like so it's just to update you and let you know that like this week I started to have heart palpitations. And I've never had heart palpitations before and I'm a bit concerned because they come on just like randomly if I'm like sitting on the couch or if I'm washing the dishes and they're I mean they settle but I've never had anything like that and I was also the breathlessness had hit me as well and I didn't have breathlessness really at the start so I was like whoa what is this and I remember him saying you're young and fit and healthy and you don't have any history of heart conditions, I'm not concerned about that, there are people in the in the world that are much worse off than you are, you should be grateful that you've got your health and your family and your work colleagues around you and I was like wow. Is that what he said? Yeah I was like you genuinely just don't care anymore. Oh wow
0: so that wow that that's, yeah. quite, that's quite profound because you are, were young and healthy and, and well and you're now um, reporting genuinely distressing symptoms and yeah that's that's an unfortunately familiar story we're hearing of people with long Covid having their symptoms dismissed.
1: Yeah I mean it, like my GP had been great up until that point and then I felt like you're either having a bad day and taking it out on me or you're just generally fed up of listening to either myself or anyone else that's got long COVID phoning up being like, this is now happening. Should I be worried? You're like, no, no, you'll be fine. Just get on with it." Um, literally, it was like, you just need to write it out. Um, there are people that are worse off than you are. And I was like, okay, well, that is very true because people in the world are much worse off than me. So, okay, maybe I just need to man up and get on with it. But the week after that, so obviously I felt quite abandoned and was like, well, I don't really know where to go now. I remember actually phoning my boss after that conversation because I was always phoning my boss after I'd spoken with my GP to say this is this is the update this is the chat I remember my boss being so shocked and she was so helpful she was like right so you're struggling to get to sleep now so why don't you download the calm app um, and have a listen to some some of that and try doing some mindfulness and um, have a look at this website because she was constantly like looking into it and she was actually the first person that said Grace, I think that sounds like you've got long COVID. And I was like, what the hell is long COVID? And I was like, all right, okay. Look into that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. So it's my boss that kind of like looked into all that and did a bit of digging and she was like, so she, I think that's why she's been like, oh, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of following what it is and that's what you've got. So just don't don't stress about work. Don't think about work. Don't worry about any of that. Um, just focus on yourself but he was like I tried to basically like self-manage and everyone's going you need to pace you need to pace and I was like I know I'm trying to bloody pace (laughs) got to a point where I was like either nipping people's heads or I was bursting into tears like I remember bumping into one of my neighbours and she said to me oh how, how how are you how are you feeling and I couldn't get the words out in the right order and I burst into tears And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really, really affecting me mentally now. So it took for that to happen. Plus, I had another um, encounter with uh, a friend that I was speaking with on the phone. And as soon as he said, hey, Grace, how are you? I burst into tears and was like, yeah, this is getting to a point where, like, this is just anybody that I speak to out with, like, my comfort bubble that I'm used to speaking to. I break down entirely because I hadn't had to like tell my story I'd always just been like oh yeah no I'm kidding I'm okay and you almost find yourself kind of starting to disengage from people because they're going how are you feeling this week and you're like I'm just the same or oh I've now got this new symptom like really? I'm like I'm not a hypochondriac and I would love to tell you that I'm starting to feel better but I'm I'm really not and you just it, you're like i wouldn't be surprised if you stopped texting me because i'm probably quite depressed texting me and being like oh that's a shame hope you get better soon or but i'm really lucky so like when it got to that kind of point and i was like right okay i need to speak to another gp so basically phoned up asked for a different gp and that gp has been fantastic she's been really really good um she actually started me on some medication which has really helped, we've changed it as well, because I had a bad reaction to the first one, and she was like, oh don't worry, we should try something different, and she's been really good in terms of saying, you're not alone, like I have other people in my books who are describing the same things as you are, and I think the last time I spoke to her, which would have been a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the spoon, the spoon theory stuffed her, and she was like, what is this, um I feel like every time I talk I'm like oh so I find this out and she's like okay let me write that down so I can pass it on to other people wow. um so she's finding that really useful because she knows that I'm constantly I'm like oh I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a support group uh, that's got physios I'm not alone <laughs> in the world and she's like, oh, brilliant so yeah I just think like she's been fantastic she's been very supportive uh As has my boss and a lot of my work colleagues, but like I say, you kind of, I've kind of got to a stage now where I was like, I can't let this get on top of me. So everyone that's been saying need to be kind to yourself, I'm like, okay, I give in. I've I've accepted, I've accepted that I can't do what I used to do, which was teaching Pilates and teaching pole fitness and running and being a physio and doing hip classes and. Honestly, like, I think that's I th- my, my boss kind of made me see. She said, you have to say to your GP because they don't know you because I'm never at the GP. And um, she said, they don't know you. You need to tell them how you were what you were like before. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point, actually, because I'm phoning up and saying this is what's happening. But usually, like, I'm that person that doesn't I don't, I don't sit down. My my work colleagues refer to me as like a Duracell bunny. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm nonstop. I'm a, i am i am nonstop i am never like I'm a am I'm, I'm constantly overworking.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, go. I struggle to go from five days to four days and and not have a full time caseload. So going from like being nonstop, like getting up at seven o'clock in the morning and and not sitting down until like eleven o'clock at night and going to my bed, mm-hmm. to now. Not being able to do much exercise. I've had to really focus and get into like a routine I've I've actually touched base with. I know I'm not part of like a long COVID um, clinic or anything like that but I've kind of utilised like my work colleagues so I've done a lot of pacing fatigue management and stuff with like OTs um, which is brilliant because one of the big things I was doing was yeah I was making an activity diary and writing down everything I was doing but didn't mean anything it was probably more energy to sit and do all right and and draw it out so then I started coloring it in in terms of like red means that I'm totally done in and I can't do anything else um like orange means like yeah I started to fade but I I, I was okay um and green didn't affect me at all I was okay I was and then when I started looking at like my rainbow colors I was like Oh my god, that was a horrendous red week.
0: Yeah. I
1: was like, oh like that's quite a lot of greens. And then I was like, actually, do you know what there's quite a lot in there? Like it's not until you start comparing it once you've done it for a few weeks. Because I'm a really visual person. So I was like, oh, I'm actually getting something from this now. And mm-hmm. it actually forced me to buy like a family diary so that when you've got the columns for everybody else, it's already there.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So I was like, oh, now I don't need to sit with my pens and my rulers and draw everything out and colour it all in. Um, so I was like, I've, I've had to really like adapt what I'm doing. Um, I remember the first time that I had to turn down um, meeting up with like a friend for a walk. Oh my god, I cried my eyes out. I'd got I'd got up in the morning. This was literally just like two weeks ago. Was it last week? Oh god, I've no idea. All merges into one. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was when i was like really really tired and i thought right okay i'm starting to get better and i remember texting her that morning and saying we're still we're good for a walk day is a good day and i went for a shower washed my hair came back out and was falling asleep at the table and i was like i can't do this i like texted and said i'm so sorry i'm gonna to have to cancel and she was like it's okay like don't worry about it we'll, we'll go for a nap and next time don't bother having a shower before. We- i'm happy if you smell and i was like okay but just you know that way i was like i can't believe how i was just i'm not the person i don't think i've ever cancelled on anything in my life Mm. no not in my vocabulary um and probably anybody anybody that knows me knows oh if we ask grace to do it she'll more than likely say yes so sometimes i'm like i'm gonna avoid that question (laughs) um but yes, I find it really difficult because I'm so used to like, I'm such a giver, I'm such a giver, like I constantly do things because I want to help people, even, I kid you not, like I usually teach Pilates, mm-hmm. I've been doing it on Zoom, and I remember like I was, I felt I had to text, like message my, my clients and be like, don't worry, I'll, I'll try and do a video next week, I remember doing, oh, I think it was a 20 minute or 30 minute video, um, recording and then I sent the recording out and then I couldn't move for two days.
0: Yeah, and that's <laughs> what you, 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 so many times we, we hear of particularly healthcare professionals that are wanting to get back to their, their role and their identity um, in terms of supporting and helping people that they ordinarily do and to the detriment of their own health and being. You, um, yeah. you mentioned a couple of things there that I just wanted to highlight um, so the, the first was the the multidimensional, episodic and unpredictable nature of living with long COVID, in the sense of sometimes symptoms and impairments can come after acute COVID-19. And we're seeing this more and more reported, aren't we? And and how yeah. important it is for people to be able to recognize that these things that do emerge can be related to long COVID, and I think this is why it's becoming increasingly more urgent that people living with long COVID are appropriately assessed um and therefore identifying what is and what isn't related to long covid because there there are obviously signs and symptoms that could be due to other health conditions as well and so it is incredibly important but it sounds like you've been really really fortunate with your the the ability to change gp um colleagues and also your boss um that what you described there of the, um, the activity monitoring with colour coding sounded so successful. But, t- <laughs> but two key things that I wanted to come to, which is actually <laughs> your hot topic of this conversation, is around acceptance and stigma. And you mentioned a couple of times the challenges you've had coming to that point of acceptance and potentially stigma that you've experienced.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean... Uh, everybody that's like I remember at the very start people were like oh but you're young fit and healthy like you're you're the healthiest person I know was always what was what gets said to me you're the healthiest person I know you'll be fine you'll bounce back from this and I remember thinking yeah you know like totally agree I of all people had said like yeah no doubt, I imagine, like, I'm high risk in terms of, I'm going in and out of lots of different houses, I'm exposing myself to COVID, pretty much, so I can't, but I, I never thought in a million years if I got it, it would, it would do this to me, like, mm-hmm. like, I say, like, I know people that have had it and gone back to work after, like, the 10 days or the two weeks, and I was like, that'll be me, definitely, but it's not, an I remember I ended up speaking to a counsellor at one point and she said, um, you keep mentioning that you've been off work for, for so long. Like you've only been off for like, at, at the time it was like, she said you've only been off for three months. That's not a long period of time. And I was like, but it is to me, like I've only ever been off work for two weeks. I am like, this is not normal. I, I'm a total worker bee, I love my job. It's part of me, it's who I am, it's why I do what I do because I want to help people. And I do that in so many different aspects of my life. Um, I can honestly say I probably didn't actually take any time for me before COVID. Um, And now it's kind of really making me think and go, right, okay, I need to plan and prioritize. What do I need to do today? What do I need to give up? Well, like I'm much much better at that um and my mum's also got used to have to phone my parents every single day <laughs> um and I mean they're both they're both shielding um and like my dad was in hospital in May last year so I ended up having to go and live with my mum to look after her um and then when my dad came out I had to look after him as well so fortunately at the time I was able to work from home so that was brilliant but now I still need to look after them so like I'd be feeling crap and be like right mum let's do the the online Tesco food shop (laughs) and like having to stay on top of like booking slots to make sure they get fed um, because I'm certainly not driving an hour to go and get them anything Um, and I'm very fortunate they've got a fantastic neighbour uh, who actually ended up feeding them Christmas dinner on Christmas day because I couldn't go through yes. so do you know like honestly I was like it's it's so much And I mean when I'm doing the Tesco online food shop it is a mission because there's a story for every single bloody item that is going into that basket and I'm like mum give it a break and just tell me that you want <laughs> you want cheese leave it at that I'm like I'll put it in the basket absolutely and then the added thing for my dad as well is like he's he's got lots of lots of hospital appointments and I remember I remember him saying I have to go for like an endoscopy or something on like the third of November and I was like that's the day that I'm due back at work um after like four weeks or something I was like I can't I can't take you but you know what? I'll just take an annual leave day and I'll come and take you through and I mean that's like a probably a three hour round trip for me from here to get him to go there to come back and da da da. And I was like, no danger. So the week before I was like, actually I admit defeat, I'll phone patient transport for
0: yeah and that getting to that point of acceptance it, it is is really difficult isn't it because you have to accept your limitations and i think you know the 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 topics that you've raised around stigma stigmas stigma probably related to that isn't it because stigmas a really complex topic in terms of the fact that it can be self-stigma or in fact it can even be perceived stigma uh, as well as you know structural and ever ever present by by society and if we have self-stigma around our disability that we're experiencing and not wanting to accept it it also makes it incredibly challenging to therefore implement the strategies we know that are going to work for us because we're trying to fight against accepting that we are currently living with an episodic disability
1: yeah no definitely definitely Mm. um i was going to say something there but i totally lost my train of thought i think like i think i've heard you say it in like some of the other podcasts as well of like you like we're health promoters like we we encourage people to to do exercise we encourage people to stay active and and it's really against the grain to try and just sit down on your backside and put netflix on for me anyway i'm that person Mm -hmm. that's like oh sorry i don't watch the television um (laughs) no i've not seen that show because i'm never in the house yeah Uh, it's just so, it's so, I feel so, and at the same time, you're also like, you don't want to become so deconditioned that it's going to take you even longer to get back to that starting point. So, I think I've certainly always been. I remember, I'm like, why did I, why was I doing all that back like week two? I was trying to do like shoulder bridges and bent knee fallouts, my legs are going. like i just can't let myself get this deconditioned and try to push through and i was like clearly looking back now hindsight is a wonderful thing Mm. and i remember also being like everyone's telling me to rest everyone's telling me to rest and just listen to my body and then after like i remember after like six weeks i was like no, like seriously how long does this rest period last because i'm fed up i need to do something and like, I'm bored like I can't
0: and that's where our as physios our training our core beliefs the 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 entire maxim mantra of movement is health then makes this so difficult because we almost feel that we're going against our own core beliefs by resting um and even though you know it's going to be the right thing to do, your subconscious is telling you to do something different, which then, you know, you mentioned earlier when people are like, just rest, just pace. It's like, I am resting, I am pacing, but am I resting, am I pacing? Because back in my subconscious, I'm being told to just get out there and crack on. (laughs) Because we've been indoctrinated into this belief, which is right for some health conditions,
1: but isn't helping us with this one? I know. Oh, it's funny that you say that because one of my friends has gotten on and I'm like, oh, I did too much yesterday. And she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I went for an hour long walk. And she takes me back saying, and? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got eyes on you.
1: I- I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe made soup and did a washing and cleared out a few drawers. She's like, oh, there we go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's your colour okay. code chart again?
1: Put three in. Yeah.
0: But having that, that support is actually useful. And I think we we've seen it so many times, not only in these podcasts, but also in our group amongst physiotherapists, that it's not easy to learn to rest and pace. But that also comes from accepting our limitations and probably is highly linked with stigma and shame. Shame that I, um, I can't be part of the response that i like to be able to do in the current global pandemic alongside my, my, my work ethic and my peers and my colleagues that I want to be supporting. And that just makes it such a, an onion layered uh, situation
1: yeah.
0: of accepting where we are so that we can give ourselves the permission to stop, rest, and pace. I
1: know. And it's not easy, is it? <laughs> well, like, I was like, if one more person says, be kind to myself, I'm going to punch them in the face. And then I was like, no, no, I get the, the
0: obvious response to be kind to yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you no, know, I know, I'm like, do you know what? I'm, gonna,
0: I'm gonna tell you something so I had a conversation this week where you mentioned it earlier when people say oh how are you oh my god I don't know that I can I I I, I was really transparent and, I, and I, I don't know if I was maybe too transparent at the time but I went thank you for asking but I don't know that I like that question anymore because I've either got to lie to you or I've got to tell you the truth that you don't want to hear and and also I don't know because I could tell you an answer now and in an hour's time it could be yep. a different answer <laughs> so I'm gonna say nice to see you
1: it's <laughs> no, so true and I guess like the lucky thing for me just now is that I don't I don't have that much interaction outside like I'm I'm still off work so aside from like speaking to my partner every day I'll phone I'll, I have to phone like my parents and they're like how are you and I was like today's a whatever day and blah, blah blah but yeah like I totally understand where you're coming from in terms of if I was seeing lots of different people and I was constantly being asked how are you how are you how are you, how are you? I'd probably just be like I can't answer that today
0: mm-hmm. I can't
1: do it and i mean see initially i had lots of people text me being like how are you feeling blah blah now i don't get so many texts (laughs) probably because everyone's like not texting her she's just depressing me um but no i think it's also possibly partly because i've done a couple of facebook posts and said like look this really tires me out and that really tires me out and like let me get back i remember i've got one of my friends actually said um Don't worry about replying to me straight away. Just send me an emoji. Let me know that you're alive. And reply.
0: That's really nice. That's understanding, that is, isn't it? That's real understanding. I'm like,
1: thank you. That's very kind.
0: Because as much as it can be difficult to respond and difficult to um, have the right answer at that time to respond, um, it, it, it just makes you feel, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes you feel still part of society and also loved when someone just says, hi. (laughs) And it does make a difference. But I I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. It sounds like acceptance has been a particular challenge for you throughout this journey. Uh, whether that be in terms of um, learning that you had COVID, uh, um, learning about the symptoms that then developed into understanding it was long COVID, and then also trying to self-rehabilitate and manage. Um, What do you think has been a key lesson you've taken away from this personally that you would like to share with people listening about acceptance? Acceptance? Oh,
1: that's a good question um be kind to yourself. Oh my god, no! You're gonna end up punching yourself. <laughs> no, no. Um if you're I know if you're anything like me, it takes it takes a lot for me to turn around and say, it doesn't take a lot for me to turn around and say I'm wrong or I don't know the answer to that. But in terms of it being me assessing me kind of thing, like I, I was like, no, like you've had viruses before and you've been fine like you just move on you get over it but this is relentless this is this is something that you don't know what's going to happen on a literally a day-to-day basis um it's taken a lot for me like I remember one point I had like a walk planned with somebody on like a Monday a walk planned with somebody on a Wednesday a walk planned with somebody on a Friday and now I'm like I can't do that because I've no idea and it i no idea how I'm going to be on the day and I would because I've made the plans I don't want to cancel them Um, so it's yeah in terms of acceptance it probably takes you to go through it all to to make the mistakes mm-hmm. um, to actually realize oh do you know what that isn't the right thing to do so I would say I would say actually maybe not necessarily to to those with long COVID but just to everybody like if you know somebody that has this be be kind like understand that they're going through something that's it's you that nobody knows anything really about it's still so new it's still so scary um and yeah just be patient and be kind to your friends and just check in with them every so often don't let them fall off the radar um as I say my my friends and my work colleagues and my family are, are I, I just feel so so well supported um I can't fault anybody um and I, I think I went through a phase where I was eating like a scone a day never mind scone Friday I think I was eating a scone a day because my partner's mum was just dropping off food left right inside. Oh, and
0: like, nice.
1: I was like, this is wonderful, but I don't think I've ever ate so many scones in a month. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, if you're eating that, don't care, just keep eating, just keep eating. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's more listen to your body. Um, don't push past that point because there is literally no return. Mm-hmm. Um, you will suffer for it. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably.
0: So learning to Mm -hmm. differentiate between the appropriateness of push versus pace. Yeah. um, And be kind to ourselves and others, even though we find, as we've discussed, that sometimes that can be very frustrating. Um, But yeah, kindness goes a long way, doesn't it? Kindness really does. And kindness comes in many different shapes and sizes. And sometimes that can be a little emoji. Sometimes that can be a rogue. Hey, how are you doing? And sometimes it can just be a smile or a wink but um it goes a long way and so grace i wanted to say thank you so much for not only sharing your story with us today but also your experiences uh your your ability to be vulnerable um and hopefully um i know that i've learned a lot from this conversation certainly take the thing i'm taking away is that use of the phrase i'm starting to fade that's that's really stuck with me so thank you for that and i hope that people that are listening to this can also learn an awful lot from your experiences so thank you very very much
1: you're very welcome i'm actually now starting to fade
0: (laughs) oh well about time we stopped then hey so i'll stop the recording so thank you grace